I want to invite Nikki Kojas to come up, and I've asked her to share about adoration, so let's give her a hand for the courage to do this for us this morning. Thank you, Nikki. Good morning. Last Sunday when Father John asked if anybody wanted to share their adoration story, I thought maybe, but dismissed the thought. Then after my 58th adoration on Tuesday, I immediately texted him to see if he needed more people to share. For me, I felt a call to adoration during RCIA a little over two years ago. At the time, I was in such a dark place that the, the call for adoration meant that I could take a break from my chaotic life, to pause, to reflect, to hear the Holy Spirit talking to me. During my adoration time, I like to spend the first half reading from the Word Among Us, which also includes a meditation. I take time to journal about the meditation or things that are impacting my life. On Tuesday night, it was no different. The lines I underlined from the meditation were, from the moment Satan rebelled against God and the other angels, he has pursued one goal, to corrupt the goodness of God's creation. God loves his creation more than we ever could imagine, and he will not let Satan destroy it. And in the end, evil will de be defeated once and for all. These lines took me back to when I had first moved to San Diego. I was out at the beach partying with friends. Something happened as it normally would, where I'd start crying. When a friend came to comfort me, I just kept saying, I want to be good. I've had people tell me that I'm a good person, but I never really believed it. I had lived with the shame of not knowing my dad that at the time I thought didn't want me, shame of binge eating and drinking, and of not being a good friend. Fast forward to me coming into the church. The light slowly started to shine on me. In my adoration, I didn't know what to do at first, but I eventually found something that worked for me. I grew to know our Father. I grew to believe in myself and his plan for me. And in the reflection, it was the first time that I wrote out that I actually am a good person. It's an amazing change you feel when you actually believe and can let go of the shame that holds you back. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. This is a meditation on the kingship of Jesus. He's the supreme ruler of all creation. And every power on earth, no matter how dignified, must bow before this great king. And as we come here today, isn't that what the mass is? Isn't that what the liturgy of the word is? We don't make the Eucharist. We don't produce the word of God. It all makes us. You can see a couple details, if you can. The Magi, the one holding the king of the universe, the baby Jesus, who turns things upside down as he has many times in our own life and who he is for us. But you see a little crown off to the right. So he's cast down his crown. That would be the title of this homily, cast down your crown. And that represents Jesus' kingship and authority. Now, as there's angels to the right of Mary, the mother of God, and that signifies that the newborn Christ is ruler of both heaven and earth. Every principality, power, every person, he's the ruler. And that's good news. 
because he is the ruler for us and has nothing but life for us. Now, the, the Magi, who were the Magi? They were foreigners, pagans, astrologers. They were the lowest of the low in the eyes of the religious authorities. And they had powers. Actually, that's the word magic comes from Magi. That's where we get the word magic. And so they had these supernatural powers and knowledge. And so it was kind of eloquent to people. They were wise men. And they had money. They, they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So in the world's eyes, had a lot of this power. And who is Herod? So we juxtapose Herod against the Magi. He was one of the greatest tyrants in the world. He would do anything to be at the top of the political rung and hold his grip on that, including murdering his mother-in-law and sons and his uncle. So he was crowned king of the Jews in 40 BC. So he was in the, towards the end of his reign. He was looked at upon as God. So here we have this terrible God, and he didn't put down his crown. I think going back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, we see Adam and Eve, and they kept their crown on. They, they uh, refused to give the king his kingship. Don't eat from the tree of good and evil. And so they would not acknowledge and bend to the the luminosity and the intelligence of all creation. There's an intelligence to creation by the creator, but they would deny that reality, and then they paid for that in many ways. So they were saying, no, I am the cause of light and truth, and I will determine what happens, versus receiving, enjoying, celebrating that. And that's what we're about. We come to, to receive that light according to what that light has always been and is, to recognize it, to honor it, to bask in it, to have joy in it like the Magi. Herod kept his crown. He would not lay that down. He responded with what? Violence. To get rid of any infringement on Jesus. You have nothing to do with me. How often can we do that in our lives? Jesus, this is my business right here. Yeah. You can have some business in this and this and this, but here, this is what I will decide to do. This is how I will, my plan of action, how I will move forward. How did the Magi respond? They were open. They were captivated. They were bowed down in worship, and they cast down their crown. Now juxtapose Herod, the fruit of Herod, and Adam and Eve with the Magi. What is the fruit of keeping on the crown in our lives? Fear, corruption, violence, murder, versus the Magi falling down in worship. You know, another chilling fact in this is if we think about the religious leaders, who were they in collusion with? They weren't in collusion with the Magi. They were not in collusion with worshiping the Lord, but the religious leaders in the church, with Herod. None of them went to search for the child. What's your search like on a scale one to 10 for the child? 10 means I'm gonna do everything I can get there. I'm gonna knock down doors. I'm gonna do more. One being I'm tepid. Yeah, maybe I'll show up every once in a while, but that's about it. And this is 
the invitation. This isn't, don't want to hoist this from without on you or myself, but that it might well up inside and say, well, what am I searching for? And how diligent and how disciplined and how consistent is my search? And I'll tell you what, consistency will be intensity every time. Consistency every day, praying. Consistency, getting to the sacrament of reconciliation. Consistency and how God wants to, to bless us through that. So none of them were in search of the child. The most base magi, the lowest on the rung, in the eyes of the religious authorities, they sought him and they found him. They cast down their crowns and they were lifted up by a king that would die for them. That's you and me, my friends. If we cast down our crowns, we will be lifted up by a king, the king of kings, who has died for us. That's what this is. That's the feast. That's why you are. And that's what you are for. And you know what's so beautiful? The star that led them there? It can be clearly seen by every nation and from every nation. It's for all. You and me and everyone you will ever meet. This adoration is about receiving the life of the Father not based on our lives, but based on the reality of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit from all eternity. We receive the life of God and the praise, which is his. It's not our praise. It's the praise of Jesus in and through us. For without, we have nothing. Adoration. I want to invite you to Pray about that. Say, Lord, would you want me to adore you from whom all blessing flows? Would you want me to give you time? And pray for a desire to search like the Magi. They search and they found him. And Jesus promises us that. Seek me and you will find me. I will be there, and I will reveal myself to you. And maybe how you can start adoration is just to bring one crown to it. What's one of your crowns? It might be pride. It might be addiction. It might be, I'm not listening. It might be, Jesus, I've never asked you to be king of anything, let alone my life. Be king. Change me. The upside is an infinity of goodness. And Jesus waits. I've talked to a number of you who have been in adoration. You've been there in the middle of the night, crying out to God and being filled. You've fallen asleep in adoration, and that's just fine. He's just the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, that just want you to be with him to spend time 
Remember what I've taught you about time? How do you spell love? T-I-M-E, time. To give him time. And when we cast down our crown, what happens? It saves our life. It brings us into the life that Jesus has always wanted for us. But because of our sin and our unwillingness to acknowledge the intelligibility and the luminosity that is in the depth of everything that God has created, our refusal of that, to not be with that, to not be made by that, then we have the terror and destruction that we, we can so much experience in our world and our lives. But what is the point of all of this adoration? To get to the Father who loves us so and gave his son for us. And it's to get us to Revelation chapter 4, verse 9 through 11. This is the end game. This is the point. This is what it's all about. This is the meaning of you and me and us, of being created out of nothing to share in the very life of God. And this is a vision of heavenly worship in Revelation 4. It's the mass, the liturgy. What would we do without the liturgy and the mass bringing us in to this vision and the point and the end game and the purpose, the everything of every human heart that's ever lived? This is what it's about. And we have this vision of heavenly worship. Whenever the living creatures give glory to God in heaven, honor him on the throne who lives forever, the 24 elders fall down. They cast their crowns. They cast their crowns before the throne singing, worthy are you to receive glory and honor and power for you have created all things. By your will they came to be and were made. Amen. Brothers and sisters, come, let us adore him, him.